You're listening to Grace for Hunger by Sean P. Keenan, found at gettingtogod.com. For a long time, the Holy Spirit had been teaching me how to use my time. Since, since, since you know, a while prior to making this recording. Um, I went through a transition going from a life full of sin where, to, to where I am now. And those were things like, you know, looking at porn, drinking excessively. I, I actually didn't drink more than something like, you know, three to five times a year. But when I did, it always had to be such that, you know, I'd have to get so drunk I couldn't hardly stand up straight. You know, just to, <laughs> just to escape the pain of life sometimes, you know, even if it was three, four, five times a year. But it was, there was other stuff, you know, the porn helped do that. And there was a lot of other stuff that I engaged in that, I, that I've cleaned up since. To, to sort of pull a specific example about, you know, one transition of like one of the things that I started doing you know, sometime in the past, maybe a couple of years was I read the Bible every morning and every night. And, and I found that reading in the morning, it's just kind of, it kind of, it, it fills some of whatever might be empty that morning. And, you know, it, it kind of helps sort of prepare me and buffer me against the world. And, and then I found that reading at night is sort of the same way. It, it, it helps me sleep. I mean, I have a a real sleep disorder. I've had a real sleep disorder. When I was 12 years old, I had an accident as a kid. I ended up having nerve damage um, in my in my spine. And ever since then, I'd had all kinds of problems sleeping, among other things. But I found, you know, I had, I've, I've been to like two different three sleep therapists and several doctors that tried to help me with this. And they tried me on all kinds of medications and that sort of thing. I finally got to the point where I had a combination of something like three or four different medications, probably would have knocked a horse out for three days straight. And all it would do for me was maybe if I was lucky, it might get me like a good seven, maybe eight hours of sleep at night. Well, I found that that I actually dropped those meds because I found that reading the Bible at night was really, really setting me up for a much better sleep. And it worked way better. There are other rules that I follow that I learned in sleep therapy too, but the the absolute kicker is reading the Bible at night. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, that was one of my biggest problems. I, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have trouble getting back to sleep. Well, I just pick up the Bible and I start reading and sometimes, bam, like two, three minutes, I'm out. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still a fight sometimes, but I get much better sleep without any drugs doing this. And then recently I watched a sermon by this guy, I think his name is Francis Chan, and he was talking about food, and it was, it was really cool. It was funny. He, like, he grabs a, a piece of candy and he starts just eating it in the middle of the sermon, and, and you know, people start chuckling, and then he grabs... And then he grabs like a banana and some celery or some other healthy foods and he starts just like chomping away and filling his, you know, gullet with all kinds of food and like <laughs> while he's talking. It was really funny. And, and But the point was awesome. He was like, he said that the, the, the point is, is that, you know, you're hungry all the time. You don't just eat and you're full and then that's it. You don't eat the rest of your life. You eat every few hours. And every time you eat, you have a choice on what you eat. And it was good stuff or bad stuff. And every time you make that choice, you have a good consequence or a bad consequence. And he said the point is, is that spirituality is the same kind of way. You fill yourself up with the good stuff first so that you're not 
hungry for the junk. And that has really made a difference in my life. And, and I still struggle with what I would consider some things are addictive, like the porn and, and, um, I haven't looked at it in a long time, but I still often crave it and alcohol. I haven't drank anything in, in quite a while, but I still often crave it and junk food. I used to be a junk food junkie. The morning I started outlining the sermon, it, it hit me like what I'd been told to do. It's been filling me up with the good stuff. And without even hardly realizing it, it just like it pushes out the bad stuff. And, and does, or rather, it doesn't leave me room for the bad stuff, you know? And the strategy has been amazing. Like the actual, it's like I'm not just getting, hey, do this, do that. It's like a strategy that I'm, that I'm learning. And, and I've been habited with these things, habited. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. <laughs> I've been habited with these sort of automatic functions, like, you know, read the Bible to set me up for my day and for my night, you know, pray in immediate response to tragedy, sing uplifting and even Christian songs when I'm feeling down. And simply by listening to God during the time when I'd get stuck on what to do, I've built an entire system of tools that can help me through storms of, of things like people dying, chronic pain, sleep loss. I still go through it, you know, annoying neighbors, things like that. And much worse than that, you know, it, there's a lot worse that goes on, but it, it, there are your examples. And it was one of the things that just has hit me out of the blue. It's like you learn, practice, and you persist. And the next thing you know, it just all of a sudden lines are drawn from data point to data point and everything makes sense. Matthew twelve forty three, Jesus is talking about demons inhabiting people and what happens when they leave if you don't clean yourself up. And he says, quote, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also under this wicked generation." Unquote. So, wow, that's a mouthful. Basically, what it means is you've got something nasty attached to you that is, that is, you know, bringing forth you, constantly reminding you of your cravings and bad behaviors and that sort of a thing. And you get rid of it. But if your house is empty, being yourself, your soul, your heart, your mind... If you haven't replaced that space with God, the Holy Spirit, the teachings of Jesus, things like that, that thing that was cast out of you is going to come back and it's going to bring some not nice friends with it. And engaging with the Holy Spirit on a constant basis, I've, I've, I've unknowingly been filling myself up with these good things. And so I don't have much and sometimes no room for the return of what I kicked out of my life, or actually rather what God has taken out of my life. The world's view of, of how we fix our problems is, is quite honestly, it's, it's filling empty spaces with things that are not natural. The supposed cure for things like poor behaviors is always some pill, even in children. Oh, thank God it's, 
It's not shock therapy anymore. And then, oh, don't cut my brain open and do a lobotomy. Yay! It's something so nice and easy as a pill. Well, it's still just as wrong. So when we miss affection, we, we fill that up with quick physical relationships with strangers sometimes. And when we feel down and we go eat a bunch of junk food or overfill our bellies and, and do other habits that help us feel up. And the results of all of that are never truly good. They're just temporary relief. And every sin and bad habit the world has can be explained by imbalance. Pushing too far into one area so we can ease the pain of another. I've tried many of those fillers, and, and they gave me some relief, but, but none of them gave me peace. And when it came to unkindness, to, to try and control someone into not harming me, or, or pills to cure depression, or, or porn to ease an unfulfilled need, or a night of drinking, or blah, 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 blah. It's, those things helped me for a bit. You know, I'd, 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 they'd hit my system, and, I, and I'd take this deep breath, and I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not quite like that again, but you know what? I'm, I jest. But those, those moments of help didn't last long because those doors I was opening to the wrong side were, were letting in some terrible evil stuff while I was having fun. And that evil stuff would just like sit in the background and wait until I was more vulnerable and then the consequences would come. So to push those consequences off, I had to get more of those bad things. And at any given point, I was never doing anything more than spinning my wheels. It's like leaving dollar after dollar of rubber tire on the road and never actually moving the car anywhere. And then came the practice of, of slowly replacing bad habits with things like reading the Bible, talking to God, listening to God, and, and you know, even going to church and listening, watching a lot of online sermons and things like that. And that's when it all changed. And, and I went from this person that was basically overrun by habits and bad habits and sins and consequences from them to someone with a, a deep understanding of, of what God actually wants from me. And then as I got deeper into Christianity, I started asking God to remove the sins from me because I realized I couldn't just cure spiritual loneliness by just asking God for information and being secure, feeling like I wasn't alone because, hey, he's there, he's looking right over me. And rather that I'm not alone is, is what I should have said. But I had to also accept that I'm, I'm not enough by myself, that my brain is not powerful enough to understand the movement of, of resources within an entire universe. My body is not strong enough to fight off every infection or injury or, or enemy attack. And so I found another part to this idea of what I fill myself up with. And that, that's that I need help. And I need godly help. You don't put water in your gas tank. You don't dump lighter fluid in your garden. You don't fill your pool up with jello. <laughs> Although, <laughs> if you ever do, please invite me over. I would love to see it and get in and try and swim. I promise I'll leave my clothes on. Probably. Ah, that would be a sin. But there's just like, when you put junk into any part of your system, there's just this multitude of things that go wrong because that stuff just spiders through your system and, and, and wreaks havoc. 
So it's like when I, I used to work with electronics, uh, home electronics in one period of my life, I was a, a repair tech and, um, normal repairs, we'd come in and we'd give free estimate. People would bring their stereo in or their TV in and we'd give them a free estimate. But when lightning would hit it, like if there was a storm the night before, we'd just automatically ask people, well, did it by chance get hit by lightning last night? And if they said yes, we would automatically charge them, you know, a, a, a pretty decent fee to just to diagnose the problem. Because what would happen is lightning would go into the system and it would just spider through it and it would knock out one thing and another thing and then it would keep going and knock out another thing and another thing and another thing because it's so powerful. Sin and, and what spiritual warfare does when you let the enemy in is the same way. It goes in, it finds the open door the way, fi the way, the way lightning would find an open door into an electronic system and it, and it just spiders, it just crawls through. And it hits one system and then it blows that out. And then it hits another system and blows that out. And then it hits another one and blows that out. And the next thing you know, everything's going haywire and your whole unit doesn't work. When you don't read and, and study the Bible, you can't spot the fakes. When you don't pray regularly and, and figure out the results of that prayer, you don't have any data to work with about how to pray and how to improve your prayer, that kind of a thing. When you don't go deep into God's shelter and God's love when you're in turmoil, then you don't have any idea what that can do for you. And when you don't ask God to take wrongful things from your behavior, you, you start getting sidetracked with worldly, temporary ways of fixing things. And by the way, just as a side note, sort of, a lot of people make a lot of money. When you don't ask God to take wrongful things from your behavior, you, you start getting sidetracked with worldly, temporary ways of fixing things. And the point is, is, is you can start replacing the worldly so-called, you know, cures with things that were actually designed to do. And like how eating junk all the time versus a healthy diet or too much screen time versus natural exploration. Spiritual health and a truly rewarding life come from putting the right things in the tank, from operation on the fuel we were meant to run on. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Grace for Hunger by Sean P. Keenan, found at gettingtogod.com.